Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Cinebeards, a movie talk podcast hosted by me, Jason Musicanth, Marcus Knaif, Hi! And Dion van Heerden. Yes! For our very first episode, our subject is going to be a uh, box office roundup for what's known as the U.S. summer box office season. Obviously, that, winter here for us. U.S. box office season roundup, but it's winter in South Africa. That sounds about <laughs> right. Okay, now, Marcus has done some painstaking work in putting together quite a, quite a lovely list for us, separating the U.S., the worldwide and our own South African box office. Because there's actually data for our box office. Which Surprisingly, I, where did you track that down? Boxofficemojo.com. Hmm. They wow. actually track a hell of a lot of data, and it's very interesting to just... Anyway, <laughs> you can go pretty far back and see some terrible, terrible things about our own box office. Lovely. Well, some of them, after looking at the list, you can see this year... So, so let's oh, no, no. Let's... You, you think that's bad. No, so I'm just going to interject here, right? Every, like the oldest uh, box office results available for South Africa on Box Office Mojo are from 2008. Right? All right, yeah. In 2008, 2009, and 2010, the top grossing movie in South Africa was a Leon Schuster film. Was a Leon Schuster Oh, form. no, I guessed right. Because oh, he happened shame. to release the. Oh, the shame. We, we should all be ashamed. We are ashamed. Like I had, yeah, it, it is it is shameful, but he makes money. Anyway, let's get let's get stuck into this uh, list you put together here. Mm. First thing I've noticed when we were looking at this is something um, we noticed while looking at a list of top tens comparing 97 to 2016 a couple, a couple of recordings ago in one of the unaired podcasts. Yes, we've actually been doing this for weeks and that's months actually. But you know, Jason refuses to release those. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm gonna cut this too because it makes me look bad. <laughs> oh, <damn it. laughs> what I noticed that um, for the first time in quite a few years, we have an original comedy in uh, the top ten for the U.S., mm-hmm. the top ten here, and I think it sits at 16 worldwide. That yeah. would be correct. Also, I think I should just jump in here because people are often confused about what constitutes the summer box office season. Oh, yeah. please, please do educate. So the some the US summer box office season runs from the first weekend of May mm-hmm. through to the first of September or Labor Day weekend in the States. Alright. So that's May, June, July and August. Four months. Four months. Four months. Four months long. Alright. That's the summer season. Because there are four seasons in the year, and there are 16 months in the year. So that yes. makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Mathematically. Mathematically, Mathematically. yeah. Perfect. And, you know, theory, and it's been shifting back and back. I mean, some people are wanting like to count April as summer movies now, too. All right, yeah, makes perfect sense. Perfect the sun sense. does shine occasionally. Well, with yeah. global it's warming. It's summer somewhere. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good job, global warming. <laughs> Good job. We're Good bringing- job. See, look at us. We're bringing we're, we're bringing attention to global issues <laughs> like global warming. We're so responsible. Anyway, so that's summer, guys. What right, were no, we talking so about? The the, oh, the, the original comedy. comedy. Okay, wait, wait. Actually, let's just um, if you would be so kind, Marcus, to read us off the uh, top ten for U.S. worldwide and South Africa. 
Well, that's 30 movies, and I've repeated a lot of them three times. Are you sure you don't want to just focus okay. on one of them first? Um, well, let's first talk about the U.S. box yeah, office. Yeah, let's first talk about okay. the U.S. box office. Yeah, the U.S. box office, because that's the most important one, guys. Not anymore. To... Hello, China. Hey, China. <laughs> so, the top... I think we. I've given the top 20, but I'm just going to stick with the top 10. Because, yeah, stick you know, with the top 10. So, the top easier. 10 movies in the U.S. this summer season were in descending order. So, in first position, we had Wonder Woman. Yes, that's, that's good. Followed yeah. by Guardians of the Galaxy. Good stuff. Spider-Man Homecoming. Good stuff. Despicable Me 3. Okay. Dunkirk. Good stuff. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Nope, didn't hear anything. That just <laughs> sounded like static to me. <laughs> um, Cars 3. All right. War for the Planet of the Apes. Good. Transformers, The <laughs> Last Knight. <laughs> And closing out the top 10, we had Girls Trip. Girls Trip. They do. Girls are notoriously clumsy. (laughs) You didn't put an apostrophe in there. You brought this on yourselves. I copy-pasted from the website. (laughs) It's just about about a bunch of women with an inner ear infection. It's a spin-off from sacks, HBO's like. girls. It's just those girls just from those girls, girls tripping. <laughs> it's just the Benny Hill theme all the time. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Outstanding. So no, no real surprises there. I mean, nope. comic book movies are still you know, yeah. the biggest thing in Hollywood at yeah, the moment. Are they? There. Yeah, top three. Top three? And how, is that, how does that make them sort of the biggest thing? Thank no. you, Professor Sarcasmo. You're welcome. What what I will say is it was very surprising to see Wonder Woman top the U.S. box office. Yeah, I I must and, say, I, and by a pretty decent margin. I was really really impressed with the by the fact that it it beat out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which I thought was a shoe in for number one. Yes, like I thought in I the thought US. that was we're, we're yeah, specifically, oh, spe- specifically US. the U.S. box office. Um, I I thought that was just a shoe in for number one. Yeah. Especially considering, you know, it was such a hyped sequel to a film that was critically loved and, like, gained a huge following, not only from theatrical world of, word of mouth, but also from ah, from home release. Yeah, I know. I mean, it did great. Uh, and yeah. But I'm, I'm really happy that Wonder Woman beat it out. Yeah. Like, and, and, and Wonder Woman a, was, was my, well, like I said, was my wonderful decent, surprise for the summer. By the a US decent summer. margin. It made... Like a f- good twenty million more in the U.S. box office. Jeez. Not bad. Yeah, I mean that that's not massive, but it's yeah, it's a significant. It's a significant difference. Well, for a single yeah. market, yeah. Yeah, for a single market, it's a significant difference. If it was in yeah. Spain, that would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's so take a little bit. Yeah. Let's so take a little. Let's compare that a little bit to uh, the worldwide, and it looks pretty similar. Pretty well, similar. It's, the, it's pretty much the same ten movies, or at least nine oh, of no. the ten movies. Nine of the ten movies are the same, but they're just in a different order. Yeah, yeah. Some someone out there fucked up some territory and went to watch the Mummy a whole bunch. Look, I sincerely doubt our few hundred thousand dollars helped push a few hundred thousand dollars. That's being very generous. Just few hundred, yeah, Marcus, few thousand. We all have to take responsibility. We we contributed hundreds and hundreds of dollars <laughs> <laughs> as a country. 
I think country, we put yeah. forward at least like two hundred dollars. <laughs> at least. So yeah, but the all right. What one thing that was has been bothering me though with this whole um this this box office reporting that I've been seeing online is Warner Brothers claiming that yeah they finally did it they won the summer. But they didn't. No, they didn't. They won the U.S. They summer. won the U.S. summer, which okay. is universal one. So, quick, quickly, Mark, just rattle off the international top ten for us. So our listeners know what the. Uh... So the international top ten, and I pray this list will also go on the website because apparently we have a website. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it uh, underneath the. Uh, podcast. You'll put it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it will in be descri- online. Links are in the description. Yeah. So for the worldwide top ten, in first position is. I don't even want to say it. Just just get it over with. We know what it is. Despicable Me 3, which made, just for the record, $994 million worldwide. All right. Then, in second position, Guardians of the Galaxy, followed by Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, Pirates of the Caribbean. Then, Spider-Man. Hmm. That's... Oh. Yeah. Followed by Transformers, The Last Knight, Dunkirk, in eighth position, The Mummy, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Cars 3. I almost don't want to ask, but how much more did Transformers make than Dunkirk? Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. Like, I, I can tell you, like, it's it's here, but I don't know if you can take that... Dunkirk released a little later? Quite a, quite a <laughs> bit later, and I think Dunkirk is still in cinemas. Yeah. Okay, I'm very what, sad. What, what's the difference there, Marcus? I'm, I'm very sad. Uh, worldwide, Dunkirk has made uh, $460 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Transformers The Last Night has made $604 million. Hmm. That's interesting. That's less than I expected. Well, it is, it is the lowest grossing Transformers movie so far. And yet it is the grossest. <laughs> Actually, I think, like, legitimately, from, like, just as a movie, it's probably the best Transformers has been since the first one. No. No, but no because they've completely lent into how ridiculous and absurd no, it is. I think, uh, honestly, in there isn't a single metric by which it is not the worst one. I can't think of a single, even even the it's fact not that, the longest one. Yeah. Hey, even like even the fact that Shia LaBeouf isn't in it can't rescue it from being the worst one. Just on just on a pure technical level, just on every level, I felt so exhausted walking out of that movie. Well, it doesn't have as much racism as the other ones. Oh, in fairness, yeah, I did watch Bad Boys 2 again very near to it, so I think I was just kind of... <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of Michael Bay racism. Just oh, hey, all... ba- Bad Boys 3 is also apparently still on track yeah, somehow. I saw that. <laughs> That's for next time's news. Yeah. No. All right, so for... It's okay, so The Mummy's at number eight. That's yeah. very sad. Um, Hon- honestly, like, I was, I-, I was expecting The Mummy to maybe be higher. The thing is, I thought because of the extremely negative response from audiences and especially from critics, I thought it would bomb a lot harder. And yes. I think they they were smart, not from an artistic standpoint, but they were smart financially casting Tom Cruise. Because even though 
the whole bankable actor thing is not what it used to be. It's still a lot more of a hook. Internationally. Well, yeah. There was that um, one amazing trailer where they forgot to put any sound in except for Tom Cruise screaming. And it is a thing of beauty. I have not seen this. Well, oh, why, have we, why haven't we not... Wh- you, you better link that to me. I want to see it. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it up on the on the Cinebeards thing. Oh, please do, because I, I, I really want to experience that specific trailer now, and then I want to not watch The Mummy ever. Yeah, no, I, no I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I mean, it's interesting, though, but yeah, you, you're right. Like, the whole name actor thing, it doesn't make as much... It's not as much... doesn't have as much clout as it used to. Yeah, but was, he's still Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's people still, still go watch Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's a safe bet. You know what? Tom Cruise and his, I think they were overreaching a little bit trying to start their whole. I think they call it the Dark Universe. Yeah. Yes. Really overestimating, I guess, how excited people would be for the Mummy to team up with Frankenstein and to be Count honest, Dracula. To be honest, I want no, 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 to no, see the thing that. Is, the thing is, that worked before. I mean, that in the in the fifties yeah, and the sixties, yeah. yeah, that I mean, that worked yeah. really, the universal really well. Monsters, yeah. And honestly, if if the film was less, hey, here's Tom Cruise, um, and more, hey, doing all the Tom Cruise stunts, yeah, you know and love. Hey, here is the Mummy, and it's actually like just this really cool badass like classic monster archetype thing you know then great you know you show some archaeologists going into a pyramid like bringing out the mummy and then it's just like oh it's been resurrected by its cult and hey you know what you just described uh, the late 90s mummy with brendan fraser which was cool like that was a fun run that was a really fun movie and the first two were I, I I didn't see any beyond the first one. I I have was, seen. Didn't s- the third one go to China? Uh, yeah, the third one went to China, and the also th- they uh, recast the leading lady. Uh. And we didn't notice. <sighs> no, we did. I think that's what caused a lot of uh, disconnect. Oh, so as, as, so, as a child, I didn't notice, and oh, I yeah. didn't really. No. So, so, it. so it wasn't uh, what's her face and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal situation. I'm referring no. to Batman and Batman Begins in the Dark. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yes. Oh yeah. The uh, honestly, like that would be cool and that would be fun, but they they're trying so hard to make it like serious, g- yeah, serious and gritty and 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 all these things, they which is exactly you know, those things. Those things are schlocky, yeah. and I think that's one of the ways in which Kong Skull Island succeeded so hard is that lent into like this is inherently absurd. Yeah. But we're gonna make it badass and fun, and we're gonna like we you the audience and the the film crew are winking at each other the whole time and nudging each other like hey 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 hey, and, yeah, and everyone's well, having a great time. What it was about? I mean, they put John C. Riley in it. Yeah, it, it's it for your health, and it it worked out <laughs> incredibly well. Um, and yeah, this just felt like like I'm not excited about the mummy because the mummy isn't the focus. It's yeah. It's a world it's Tom, it's Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe as Russell Crowe's Doctor Doctor Jekyll, but yeah. not Mister Hyde yet. Not yet, not yet. But I think he makes his way towards it. Uh, yeah. during the course I of don't movie. care. But yeah, I, and I it's honestly... not. It's just not exciting. And mm-hmm. if they had like a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde film, 
they had a good The Mummy film, they had a good Frankenstein film, you know, and then they started bringing all of these together, that would be exciting, yeah. and that would be cool, yeah. like those classic horror films. But you have to lean into it. You have to lean into the fact that this is schlock. Yeah. But, but and which there is, is a market for it. Got to be, you've got to be is campy a, about is, it. Yeah. And you have to. I mean, like, sorry, I'm just going to interject it. Did you guys ever actually go and watch Young Frankenstein no. with James McAvoy, the one that was... It came out oh. early last year. And uh, McAvoy and Radcliffe. McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe. Rad, Daniel Radcliffe played Eagle, and the thing was written by Max Landis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, say what you... Max Landis is a divisive character online. Even divisive. Even divisive. But he gets yeah. schlock. And, like, the way he wrote that story lent so hard into the schlocky absurdity of it that it it came off as actually entertaining. Mm. Like, the that you could see, like, the studio, the director, were trying to make it all serious. Mm-hmm. But the way it's written was just always so, like, on the nose, like, this mm-hmm. is B-movie bullshit. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you do it right, the thing is, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons the Marvel Cinematic Universe works so well is that it makes earlier films mandatory in many ways like if i'm watching if i totally missed the mummy right yeah and frankenstein comes out and it's like it's really awesome and i watch it and it's great and i'm having a great time and then i realize like oh wait hold on this character oh it was actually introduced in that film i'm gonna go back and watch it yeah, yeah. But, but and then i'm but definitely you, gonna watch the next one but if you yeah. look at phase one of marvel a lot of the world building is done with the post-credit stingers, mm. like Iron Man, Hulk, First Avenger. Yeah, all no, of no. those, if you watch them without seeing the others and without watching the post-credit stingers, they're not connected yet. Mm. No, not at all. No, no. But what I'm saying is, if they want to do this, where they've got, say, like Mr. Hyde appearing in the various ones. First, do a really good Mr. Hyde film. Yeah. And you can have, if you had, say, a mummy film earlier, and you've got a character in there, like a really good character that crosses over, that works really, really well. Because yeah. you, you sort of, you're building the universe, and you're like, oh, this character is from that thing. I want to go watch that thing. Hmm. If you want to take a shortcut, do that. Yeah. But don't start and make your monster franchise film revolve around Tom Cruise. Yes. Make it revolve around... The mummy. monster, yeah, make it revolve around the, the mummy. mummy. And the thing is, especially when you got um, the the actress they had playing the mummy, I mean, she was the best part of Star Trek Beyond. Jayla, yeah, yeah. So you've you've got a talented person and a, quite a charismatic person to be this villain. Mm. Why push Tom Cruise? Because Tom <laughs> Cruise. Because, and I'll tell you why. And this is. Me just pointing out cynical Hollywood. This isn't my own thoughts. Mm. Because Tom Cruise sells more movie tickets than some woman. Yeah. The thing is, also, honestly, the best way they could have gone is make it... Do the Deadpool route. Slash that budget. Yeah. Slash it to the bone. Don't bring in a bunch of extra big-name people. Don't bring in a whole side cast of, like, big-name established actors yeah. start your own thing start on a small budget make the film awesome yeah keep making them keep like introduce frankenstein make a badass frankenstein introduce um the creature from the black lagoon 
bring all of those out, make a whole series of kick-ass ones, and then start crossing over. Play the long game instead of spending money on Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe now. Anyway, so yeah, the Mummy did way better than it than it was supposed to. Yeah, I think we should just. And unfortunately, that read that sends totally the wrong signals to the studios. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing on the is, one hand, I want wait, I want wait, monster wait, wait. movies, but I don't want bad monster movies making a bunch of money. I want I want you know what I want? I want like a hammer form style Dracula mm. movie again. Yes, please. Yeah. But what one thing I am I am very happy about um is that internationally Baby Driver is sitting at 13. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That means Just people that, time, that was the released... first time ever people went out and watched an Edgar Wright movie in the cinema. Again, mm. excellent marketing. Um, obviously, really, really good word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you could that they could have a, another tra- a second trailer cut so quickly, where a it was really, really classy, and b it could have the huge splash that said hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah. by that time wasn't true anymore. No. But still, yeah, like it was true as of that moment, and that's just that smart, fast, yeah. nimble marketing. It yeah. really is because uh, nowadays people are are turning to Rotten Tomatoes more and more. Which is fine. I mean, yeah, that's it's... completely understandable. People just need to understand how it actually works. Hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, the I'm very happy about that. The Despicable Me 3, right? Okay, now we're yeah. obviously coming to South Africa. And I see that Despicable Me, Despicable Me 3 topped South Africa and worldwide. Yes. Right? means we're trendsetters. Now, what it actually means is it's a children's film, right? It's the biggest children's film. Minions Uh, are incredibly popular. Minions are absurdly popular. It doesn't matter if you like them or don't. Kids love them, and that's all. That's the only thing that matters. Mm. And honestly, like, it actually makes perfect sense, right? Because the the people, people are hesitant. Films are getting more expensive. People are hesitant... Um, in a so in a difficult economy to splash out on going to the cinema, yeah. it's harder yeah. and harder to convince people to I do mean, it. Especially here, like in South Africa, like it's expensive to go to the movies. It is now. so, but but who are you going to take to the cinema? Your kids. Yes. Yeah. That's a good excuse. Like the kids want to go to the cinema. They want to go see the Minions. Mm. Um, you take the children. It feels more like psychologically. It feels like a more um, acceptable expense if you're doing it sort of for, for your the kids. Yeah, yeah, for the kids. You're doing it for your children. Take them to the film. And it just makes absolute sense that something like that would internationally beat out Guardians of the Galaxy. Not necessarily in the US. Because remember, this is opening in like territories like South Africa, Brazil, you know, places where economically things aren't that great. And yeah. our markets are Australia. always going to be, yeah, it's always going to be more geared towards children yes yeah which is why also if you look at our top 10 in fact i should probably just run down our like the south african top 10 yeah it's about time we got around to our top 10 so in ours is in first position was despicable me 3 yeah then spider-man homecoming Mm -hmm. then transformers a great embarrassment to us all yeah in third position which beat out the fourth position, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And then number six was Wonder Woman. And then number six was Wonder Woman. Number seven was Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, in eighth was Cars. And then The Mummy. 
and in tenth position, Girls Trip. I think yeah. that's that's, that's, that, that's the whole that, top that, ten. That was ten that was, movies. I don't that think I mentioned. we skipped any. We didn't skip any any numbers. No. <laughs> in fact, we'll go back and make sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go through that a second time just to make sure. Despicable Me 3 at number one. Number yeah. two, Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming. Number three, Transformers. Is number four is Guardians. Guardians. Number six, six is Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Number seven is Pirates. Pirates. Eight is Cars. Cars. Nine is The Mummy. Money. Ten is Girl's Trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's ten movies. That's yeah. all of them. That's all of them. Thank God no one went to watch Baywatch. Yeah, right? <laughs> that would have been embarrassing that if that was an outside That would have so embarrassing. Well, to be fair, it's embarrassing enough that we've got Transformers at number three. But again, it's that, it's it's that exact same thing. thing. It's, the, it's the kids, it's, kids it's, like giant robots. It's, it's not it's, just a kids thing. It's the kids and teenagers. Kids, teenagers, and the like car culture here. Yeah, that's a, another thing. Is like they are. There is a whole lot of like cross promotion and mm, yeah. like the association. Like it's all about like the cars. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that makes that makes sense. Mm. Uh, I mean, all of these make sense. I mean, you Despicable Me three and. And you could argue Spider-Man because Spider-Man oh, always kids love Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man always has a cartoon and, somewhere on and TV. And parents are going to recognize that they're going to know it's something they yeah. can take their kids to. Exactly. And, and then they're going to have the shit scared out of them by the way. I don't think the yeah, with, bargaining on yeah, that first. And then when Michael Keaton like shows up, when he up. first grabs uh, Spider-Man, that is, that that is, is terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, and and, shaky and and drops him, drops him off at the prom with his yeah. daughter. It's like. Yeah, no, pulls okay. a gun on him. Jeez, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still, yeah, it makes yeah, but I mean, sense. but I mean, just I mean, by that by that time, the cinema already has your money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it makes perfect sense. Um, and then with Transformers, yeah, I actually expected Guardians to do better than Transformers in our market because I I I did not. No, I I did because nah. No, I'll tell you why. Because like, I I have faith in people you're an idiot <laughs> yeah like what what has ever happened in life that has given you that faith in people interesting just very interesting for me as far as i can tell we're the market like as opposed to the u.s or worldwide that has king arthur in the top 20 more, yes. more interesting than that to me is that we've got valerian there yeah in the top 20 mm-hmm. we're one of the few I guess, like, people in the world <laughs> who actually went to go and see Valerian. Mm. Yeah. All, all two of those people in South Africa that went to go watch it are on this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, we did kind of contribute to the Transformers thing, though. The you guys did. I went to go watch... I went on a press screening. I did not pay a cent. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey! But we did it for... There's two movies that rip each other off. Girls, uh, Girls Trip and Rough Night are both on our top 20. So are, are we just going to completely ignore... We're, we're just going to ignore it, aren't we? Yeah, ignore we, what? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I, the, what? I don't, the, I don't well, know. I think he's talking about the fact that um, Atomic Blonde isn't on, in our top 20. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of sad. No, you would think, you, you know, think with Charlie Strong. Yeah. Can I ask you quickly, what is everything, everything? Um, I have no idea. Always, always. I've never heard of it, and it's number 20 in our market. I believe it, I, it might it be local? a locally produced... Jason, jump on Google. Drama film slash romance. Oh, wow, it looks 44%. Where, where was it made? Um, 
I'm quickly looking. Well, the initial release was 19 May in the USA. Okay, so, so it's, it's not, not lo locally produced. I don't think so, no. It doesn't look Throw like Throw us a little it. synopsis there. Uh, okay, I will. Uh, Maddie is a smart, curious, and imaginative 18-year-old who is unable to leave the protection of the hermetically sealed environment within her house because of an illness. Ollie is the boy next door who won't let that stop them from being together, gazing through windows and talking only through texts. Wait, Maddie wait, wait, and stop, Ollie stop form right a... there. Stop right there. Did they just gender swap Bubble Boy? And they, like... they gender swapped it and made it a little more rapey. Yeah. Maddie and Ollie form a deep bond that leads them to risk everything to be together, even if it means losing everything. I like everything. how he's not risking anything. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, so that's interesting. I've never heard of that. Nope. And that was number twenty, 20 on here. Ours, yeah, we do have. I'm, I'm going to try find find that fella in the other list because I think it's only in ours. Yeah, they only tracked the top twenty per territory, really. Yeah, we're also the only one. Oh, with Rough it is Night. apparently twenty-seven in the states. Everything, yeah. everything. Yeah, Rough Night. We is number eighteen here. Number thirty-one in the Rough states. Night was surprisingly fun. Gotta say. I, don't, I, I, I haven't seen it yet. I've got it on I, the I list, saw the, the like, Movie DVDs Bob review and so. just and the wife and I were looking for something to do. Yeah. Saw the Movie Bob review, just immediately climbed in the car and went and watched it and I'll just had a really good time. Yeah. No, I'll it's stream like, it or rent the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's nothing like, it's nothing incredible, but it's it's, it's really a, it's a fun. Fine comedy. And the yeah, I trust you and I trust Movie Bob. Yeah. So. And the the sort of the the one side character, the the fiance. Yeah. The this guy, he just he just steals the show. He's fantastic. And Kate McKinnon is hilarious and just has the most ridiculous australian accent you have just does she just ham it up oh just more than you could possibly imagine it is ridiculous and it's probably the best use of penis glasses i've seen in cinema in the last decade that is a glowing review <laughs> yeah. best use of penis glasses yeah is that a category yes yeah yeah, yeah no uh, that was actually what I majored in in, in film study. Use of penis glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a little point of pride that we can take solace in is that um, maybe because it didn't release here as early everywhere else, but uh, Emoji Movie's not on our list. Yes, because it, as of... Shh, shh. Don't give them any reasons. It's not on our list, but it's on the others. We're better than them. It's not on the others. <laughs> it is. Oh, 13. Yeah. Yeah. You know what makes me happy? It, because it, it's because it hadn't opened in our country by the time this season had closed. Shut up, Marcus. No one cares. Stop <laughs> making excuses. We're better than everyone. We're better than them. <laughs> um, what actually really does make me happy um, is how high Annabelle Origins... Oh, sorry. Annabelle... All right. Annab try that again. Uh, what really does make me happy is how high Annabelle Creation tracked everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, I love horror movies, even if... It's not the great. Apparently, it's a lot better than the first one. I haven't seen the sequel yet. Mm. Um, it's not high on ours because it hasn't opened here yet. It has opened here. It's been here for two weeks. So, it wouldn't be on this list necessarily. No. Unless it had, like, a, a phenomenal opening. Yeah. But um, it, it did open very late. We mm. get a lot of films very late. Yeah. Um, but that it really did well worldwide. It did really well at the U.S. box office. Yeah. And that makes me happy, um, especially now with It... Uh, having just what seems to be an absolutely staggering opening weekend. Like, yeah. I'm a big horror guy, and I would like to see studios do more, take more risks. Annabelle creation is not exactly a risk. It's very much you know part of the Conjuring universe. 
yeah. part of that whole thing. But like, I want to see more quality horror, and I want to see more decent to excellent horror films doing well at the box office because yeah. I want more of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love I, my I superhero agree. my fo- my superhero films. Don't get me wrong, um, but I absolutely want more horror, and I want more classy horror. Yeah, like, if only like. If only, uh, if only there was a part of like a subsect of Marvel Studios on the movie side, right? Mm. Yeah. That were sort of autonomous from the whole Marvel Studios Disney machine, mm-hmm. so that we could possibly get some like Marvel horror movies. Yeah. I mean, Cause, just because Marvel would be... Zombies would just be a fun one-off. Yeah. It's yeah. A fun one, just Marvel Zombies. But I mean, imagine a reboot of Blade because Marvel did yeah. get the rights back. Where it's just straight up like vampire, like horror movie. That would be wonderful. I I would absolutely love the hell out of that. Yeah. Or yeah. do a, do a Ghost Rider from the perspective of a criminal, where <laughs> this where there's this literal spirit of vengeance. <laughs> that like, that would be amazing. Haunting a prison or something. Yeah. I I think Ghost Rider is a little difficult to do seriously like that because it's a dude with a flaming skull who rides it doesn't a have to be motorbike. it doesn't have to be serious but it has to be horror yeah it can be horror like but the, i the thing want is it's inherently horror. and it doesn't it doesn't have silly. to be yeah it doesn't have to be now all comic book things are inherently yeah it doesn't so, have to know, be yes. comic book it, yeah. it can be conjuring style films you know yeah. the james one kind of like he's got his his formula down and his yeah. style it can be in that i i i'm not I'm not really excited for like jigsaw i don't want gore porn no, um, that's absolutely not my thing. But I'm I'm really glad that horror is still sort of alive and kicking, doing really well. It's having a bit of a resurgence. Because yeah, especially I mean, look at that internationally. Uh, where did it track? Like eleventh, eleventh and twelfth at the U.S. box office. I mean, yeah. those are big numbers. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, great. It tracked above Alien Covenant. Yeah, which and the Emoji Movie. Yeah, it tracked. Hooray for humanity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it may yeah it tracked higher than Alien Covenant which theoretically just looking at the the franchises Alien Covenant should have tracked higher yeah. because it's a longer existing longer standing franchise and it was touted as this return to the horror roots and I can tell you want. one thing Annabelle Creation earned more and definitely cost less yes and I think yeah. we need more of that if Deadpool taught us anything if a lot of these I mean even something like Paranormal Activity even though it did eventually lead to Paranormal Activity the dream something the ghost oh, dimension. That one ghost dimension that was yeah. just the, uh, that's just a two hour black hole in my life I remember nothing except being appalled um, and even though that's what led to that I mean that's a film that cost next to nothing the original cost $13,000. And it make. made millions and millions and millions. And it was actually great. It was a really good, fun time. Yeah. So a lot like comic book films, uh, horror films are very much what cinemas are great for. Yeah. This whole communal feeling of... like And oh, comedies what? as well. Getting into it. Mm. Uh, everyone's like screaming and just having a really great time. It's a good cinema experience. Yeah. And it costs so much less. So just throw a little more money at the writing side of things, yeah. And I I don't see the I don't see how they're losing. Yeah, I also don't see how they're losing. that uh, community kind of thing that you were saying reminds me of when we went to go and see it. Yeah, there was uh, trouble with the projectors in the cinemas 
um, let's call them staff. Yeah, let's call them that. Uh, um, where the, 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 the film, the trailers all played fine, of course. And then there was a sign that said, this film has not been optimized for the IMAX and is therefore not constitute the full IMAX experience. And everyone kind of booed a little bit. And then that whole IMAX that going through the numbers, yeah. countdown thing started. And the sound continued, but the picture would just sort of flash off for a few seconds and then on. Yeah. And then off and then on. And then the film started, and it just kept doing it. And I sort of looked around, and we were near front and middle. Um, no one was getting up, so I got up, went out, informed them of the problem. Took about five minutes for them to actually stop the film. Yeah. Um, so it was just continuing like that. Uh, they couldn't find their their main projectionist was uh, oh, yeah. out of the, the province. In, so they 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 in the, the projection room there was this one really very incredibly bright. bright light that was on, and it was just and it was at the perfect angle to basically be a spotlight on Dion and I. And literally, exactly like we I, li- I lifted my lift popcorn, your popcorn, it was just brightly, brightly lit. And it was basically me and Jason and the guy next to me yeah. were the only people in this sort of cone of light. Um, the house lights came on at random intervals. The film started about an hour late because of the technical issues. It was just a disaster. But that communal feeling, yeah, everyone we, starts we trading jokes. we bonded with the people around us through this traumatic experience. <clears throat> and as we were watching the movie, all of us together, we were... We were being terrified together. <laughs> we were having laughs with everyone around us. It was just a good community experience. And it's a good feeling of you'd expect a horror film to be sort of a place for machismo, you know, for guys to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not scared. But every guy in that cinema, no matter, you know, how badass he is in his day-to-day life, was hiding under his jacket going, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 so, it, I mean, it, it was really good fun. And horror films are great for that. They're yeah. like comedies. and Horror they're films like, are the best for that, arguably. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I just think that it's such a low risk. I mean, you can make a good horror film, like a really good one, for le- under 10 million, easy. You can yeah. make it for five. They do it all the time. Yeah. And the returns are usually 30 plus. Yeah. So, where's the problem? Why aren't we seeing more? Well, I mean, of these? that's how um, that's Bloomhouse. That's Bloomhouse's Bloomhouse, whole like, mo. That's how they operate. It's like, oh, here, here's ten million for your movie, and it comes back and makes fifty, sixty, a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, but that's one studio. Yeah, that's one studio that's really nailed how to market horror movies. Yeah, but what Am- what Dion's trying to say is is why aren't other studios getting on this bandwagon? Because, why have they not seen this? Because they don't want to make they don't want to make a lot of money. They want to make all of the yeah, money. No, no, I can understand. Yeah, I can but un- I mean, yeah. like, what, what I don't understand is why people, like, say all the, the major studios don't, as Jason, or was it you that said? One of us said. One of you has, have, like, a subsidiary that's independent. Was you that said, yeah. Marcus? Yeah, Marcus said so. Um, have an independent subsidiary that just does that. Yeah. Just follows that model and just reliably earns back eight times the film's budget. Yeah. Yeah, ten but, times the film's budget. Because even if you got that, you can get bigger investors on board, and then you can make your all the money movies. Yeah, and you don't, and you really don't. That's just that's a sustainable business model. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The smaller movies cover the overheads for your bigger blockbusters. Yeah, I mean, even if they never overlap, I mean, that's literally dozens or hundreds or thousands of jobs that you're, and and that's a constant stream of money that you've got coming in. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think I, I really hope to see, especially now with it really, really crushing it at the box office and just breaking records and doing so well, I really hope a year or two from now to come back, look at the summer box office and see maybe two or three, maybe four horror films in there in the top 20. Uh, speaking yeah. of speaking of which, just on it, I read this this morning, uh, the, di- the director of this one, just uh locked down the deal to direct oh there is the a sequel. god yes so he's in oh. for and the they're sequel. also they are apparently having flashbacks to the current cast of child actors yes. well yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't throw away like yeah. this the and chemistry was like they incredible it. and it's uh tracking for a 2019 release date yeah that's fine that's good yeah take your time get it right make it good oh which I think, yeah, so even good. though I even though I haven't seen it, you know, and I probably will at some point, but I like the idea that they actually split it now, where like this one is its own thing. It makes so and much could more have, sense. It, it could have a sequel without trying to spoil anything. You the, know what I mean? Yeah. The the thing is, the the book does the does the time jumps and yeah. It does, you mean like, the one thousand one hundred and thirty page long tome? Yes, the one I've read three or four times yes, yes. oh look my, me i'm dion i read of, books that are more than a thousand pages well i've, I've read oh i had to read it uh, once just, at least for each just of so you listeners yeah. know that was me doing an impression of dion not dion just actually saying that oh wow you even had me fooled <laughs> i thought why did i say such an accurate thing yeah if, <laughs> if i could not see dion right in front of me right now i would have bought it yep so the thing is the book does a lot of time jumps they're adults yep. they're kids and what would make a film make adapting it incredibly challenging would be jumping between those two so to actually do it like linearly yeah yeah is just it's completely inspired and it seems so so self-evident now looking at it but it wasn't it took them years to get to the point because this there were a lot of treatments for this film and they yeah. originally wanted it to be one film yeah and to treat it this way like it's the kids and then they're going to come back as adults and with flashbacks to being kids that's just perfect it's inspired it's yeah. focused it's so good i mean they tried that with the with the miniseries uh the the one with tim curry playing pennywise yeah. and uh, it worked but it also had its flaws because they they jumped like too often like it was mm. a two-part miniseries like each part being like in 90 minutes mm. average up to like three hours but they didn't have like Okay, here is an entire section of this is the kids, mm. this is the losers club as children fighting the clown, and then this is the losers club as adults fighting the clown. They had like jumps all over the place. And this is gonna sound like the biggest cliche ever, but it is it has never been more true. That it it really, really felt just like the characters just stepped out of the book onto the screen i could not before they said a word of dialogue i knew who each one of them was yeah uh, literally i think it was about seven or eight minutes into the film where the the uh, losers club had been on screen for maybe 30 or 40 seconds yeah dion turned to me it's like they nailed it like they got the characters perfect it is i cannot believe it there's a lot of adjustments um for instance uh Obviously, it's, originally, because the, the the book was written in the 80s, so yeah, their youth was set in, in the, the 50s, 50s yeah. and now the youth is set in the 80s. Which but makes it, sense. it translates perfectly. I had no issues. I actually I mean, only caught myself have... midway through realizing, wait, 
in the book this was the 50s just I mean, because the characters were yeah. so good but i mean the, like they couldn't have like they couldn't have planned this better if they tried like releasing it and having the children parts in the 80s between the two seasons of stranger things that yeah, yeah i mean that i'm is... pretty sure that's helping them track so well yeah and i mean the thing it's it's a it's a it's this wonderful cyclical thing where stranger things draws so heavily on 80 stephen king and obviously yeah. spielberg and now 80 stephen king is coming to the screen and it's feeding off that yeah because it it would take something like stranger things uh with the whole netflix revolution to really get people back into this kind of 80s americana yeah. sort of coming of age story um and i mean yeah it so it laid the groundwork for Stranger Things, and then Stranger Things like laid the groundwork for it yeah. again. It's yeah, because because uh, I'm pretty sure like one, once Stranger Things came out, that was when they're like, right, okay, when they were still treating the script because they hadn't started filming yet. They were like, yeah. that's it. We just need to pinch a little of that, and that'll make this work. And then lo and behold, well, they didn't have they didn't pinch anything. They it, it's literally everything that looks pinched, it was in it originally. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm talking. It can be found in the tome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I mean to say is like, uh, it's hard for me with oh, having seen uh, the movie. In, like, in, term, in terms of yeah, no, I, I see exactly what you mean. Like in terms of how they're presented visually. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. you're completely right there. Um, and it just works. Oh, it's so good. But Go no, watch it's, it. It's definitely worth 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 your time, and don't just like wait for it to come out go watch it in the cinema yeah go have a good time take a bunch of friends just maybe get a little drunk ahead of time and uh, just scream your heads off yeah it's it, so good i i was legitimately terrified on several occasions throughout the movie and that has nothing to do with the fact that i'm not good with clowns yeah not good with dolls not good with clowns not good with dolls oh so jason tell us about the clown and doll room scene <laughs> I'd really, really rather keep that to myself. <laughs> oh, it was great. And Pennywise was extra. I know there's going to be a lot of people who are um, very attached to the original, sort of, quote, original, unquote, uh -huh, Pennywise. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Sorry. The thing is, and in fairness, in uh, to sort of full disclosure, his one is more faithful to the book because in the book, Pennywise is all, he's sort of very friendly and happy yeah. and everything to draw in kids. Uh, and this one's a lot more focused on the idea of um sort of fear being his nourishment it's yeah. sort of it's what he feeds on um so he, he he he's not sort of outright threatening but he's always creepy yeah he's yeah. never it's sort of totally happy and welcoming and everything but i think it's good i think it works it's a lot more focused it's a lot uh less ambiguous mm. and it yeah it plays very well into the themes they handle the themes extremely well sort of pennywise is sort of a placeholder for like childhood trauma and so on yeah and bill skarsgård played the shit out of that oh movie. and his voice is so good and the sound design is so good everything was good now he was the he was outstanding was, the makeup was incredible yeah it, it was and the lighting you know where where you can see his mouth and his head is in shadow but his yeah. eyes are glowing and it just looks oh which is a classic sort of no no, no no but yeah yeah yeah. i mean it is but the way it, it was done like i've never seen it done this well before it was just perfect yeah it was great and yeah yeah that was it yeah so our box office is not that different to the international one no no one one thing um that america has over the international and our local box offices 
the top tens anyway, is that um, both uh, South Africa and the international box office only have one completely original movie in there, whereas the oh, US wow. has two. Everything else is a sequel or a reboot or an adaption. Wait. Adap- We've got adaption. Do they have any adaptations though? Yeah. Huh. Uh well we have yeah, we have two. Which two? Um Girls we, Trip and Rough Night. Girls is Rough Night in our top ten? No. Oh, to- oh sorry, you say top ten. Top sorry, 10. I'm looking at my top twenty list here. Top ten. Top ten. All we oh have well, is... Bay Baywatch. Oh no! Dio, <laughs> you told them the thing. No. Um. Well, I think. Well, obviously, Despicable Me three because it's the first Despicable Me three. Yeah. And then next two years from now they're doing Despicable Me three two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's not like a, it's not the third film. It's like Despicable Me three, like C three PO. Despicable Me 3 2 Origins. Yeah. Okay, that's that's on me. I'm sorry yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh what is the totally original one here? It's it's Girl's Girl's Trip. Trip. Oh yeah, that is uh, yeah, that's in our top ten. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, and in in the international it's Dunkirk, and then the US has both Dunkirk and Girl's Trip. Well Dunkirk's are eleven. It's yeah. Not too bad. That's outside of the top ten. Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Only mathematically. <laughs> Only mathematically. <laughs> and numerically. It's, it's, it's not well, split hairs here. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 11. <laughs> well, look. But here's the thing, though. Like, Christopher Nolan movies always track better in the US than the rest of the world. Like, even yeah. comparatively speaking. Like, the, the mm. American box office loves them some christopher nolan mm. um as do the welsh because he's a welshman ah, yeah. but like elsewhere in the world his movies do fine these days actually this is the lowest attended summer in years yeah really yes yeah. it's like uh it's down i know there was a terrible there was like one specific terrible weekend like yes two weeks yeah i know but this th- was this was particularly was the lowest um summer attended since... summer in i think like 20 something years yeah. it's it's the low it's the lowest uh, adjusted for inflation obviously yeah. the lowest summer since 1999 that actually makes sense there isn't actually a billion dollar film here no 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 billion dollar films at the summer box office yeah that's weird right considering where we actually yeah there are no billion dollar movies in this year's box i mean despicable me comes close no well, episode eight is still coming out <laughs> I'm talking about the summer deal. You said this year's box this year. office. Oh, sorry, I'm this being year's pedantic. Sorry, okay, but yeah, for this unnecessarily year, unnecessarily pedantic. <laughs> you are unnecessarily pedantic because one, they are actually in outside of summer. Mm. There is one billion dollar movie that I can remember off the top of my head, and that is the live action Beauty and the Beast. I think that made one point two billion. Didn't deserve it. I think but that made $1.2 billion. But if we're talking summer season, yeah. like as defined May to the 1st of September, no nope. billion-dollar movies. Sheesh. Cinderella was so much better. Beauty, The live-action yeah. one was really mm. good. The Beauty and the Beast live-action was just... just it, it was not good. It was just, just a knockoff was, of the animated almost, one. Not well, only that, that it was the almost thing painful. Is the thing watch. is, it doesn't have... It, 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 it can be a knockoff. Like, it can be as much of a knockoff as it wants. I don't give a damn. 
It just, yeah, it just... Zero character, zero charm. It, it, yeah. it didn't have there anything that the, made the first one so likable. Yeah. It had a couple of nice moments, one or two really good quotes, and it had... Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Gandalf. Um, the dude from The Hobbit. Um, who fires the black hobbit? Oh, yes. What's his name? Actor man. Yeah, that guy. But anyway, Gaston. Like he, he was really, really good. Oh, Luke good. Evans. Luke Evans. He was really go. good uh, as Gaston. Hmm. End of story. Beast's design was a train wreck. It yeah. was just a disaster. I don't know. Yeah, he's supposed to be like a the, beast, and he actually looked like quite handsome and the, as and the, a beast. And the, 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 like the, the teacup, you know, and the and her uh, son. Like just, it looked like first draft designs that yeah. should have just been torn up and thrown away immediately. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, don't know. all right. We're going to call it quits and head for some Krabbies, but before we do so... Oh, yeah. Anything you guys want to plug? Your butt. (sighs) All right, all right. My Twitter is at DionVanHeerden1 because there's some other asshole out there with a stupid name. Uh, Marcus. Yeah, I've got uh, more stuff to plug. So, you can follow me on Twitter at VikingOfScience. You can also follow my YouTube channel, Escape from Mount Backlog, where weekly... I play a game out of my game's backlog and see if it's any good. I also do some multiplayer Let's Plays with people that aren't the two on this podcast. Maybe I'll get them in one day. We'll see how it happens. Yawn. And you can also follow that one on Twitter and Facebook and everything. Hmm? It's a shared universe. Oh, it's a shared universe. (laughs) We've got a shared universe going. The Marcus first. Escape from Mount Backlog on YouTube. Check it out. You'll love it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You might even masturbate. Wait, wait a second. Does that mean I'm not... I'm not the protagonist. You're not the protagonist. The universe is centered around him. But that makes you the Nick Fury. That's all right. That's cool. <laughs> what? what, what? Said, That's why you're the protagonist, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> no, what am I? Shut up, Black Widow. <laughs> no! Age of Ultron, Black Widow. Oh, I can't get Not even Winter Soldier, Black Widow. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at jmusicanth. I've never done a single tweet in my life, and I'm not. When you actually got now. a Twitter now, I got oh, a Twitter I should now. follow you right away. <laughs> and um, obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at at cinebeards. At at cinebeards. At yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at cinebeards. There we go. There we go. Now nice you're. Now, you're now I'm tweeting with style. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, uh, where you can find us on YouTube if you're not listening to us there, or if you are listening to us on YouTube, you can find us on Podient. They are legitimately oh, no, there are legitimately zero followers and zero tweets for J Music. Ad. <laughs> Peace first follower. Oh, that's so sad. He doesn't even have an avatar. No, not even an avatar. No, I James hope, Cameron. I hope this you. is you. Yeah, that is me. Yeah. Oh, I got a follower. Yeah, you hear that world? I've got follower. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Crabby that time. is yeah. Let's go have some crabbies, guys. Yeah.